You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Are you looking for IT solutions to fit your business? Aman Prasad is CEO of Network Remedy and joins the show today to discuss manageable network solutions. This show is brought to you by our advertisers, Center Club, Commercial Bank, Decision Toolbox, Executives Unlimited, MBN Design, SNH Rubber, Strategic Market Intelligence, SunUp Group, T and Company, Tone Software, Turn Up the Volume, and UPS Protection. The goal for the show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision making skills. To connect with me on LinkedIn, I am Richard Rick Franzi. CEO Peer Groups is my Twitter handle. And on your favorite podcasting software, type in these four words Critical Mass Radio Show. Amon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's, honor. Our, it's our pleasure. Tell me a little bit about your firm, Network Remedy. So Network Remedy is, uh, it started off as a a consulting firm back in 2001, and uh, we have since expanded into a managed services, a managed IT services firm, as well as a uh, private cloud hosting solution provider. Okay. Uh, So we host our own data centers uh, around the country, and uh, we also provide the consulting services to clients to, in fact, uh, you know, guide them into cloud services as well as manage anything that they may have on site servers workstations mobile devices those two complement each other don't they absolutely and um, that's really been the differentiating factor with us um, as opposed to other providers in the uh, in the in the area there are numerous managed services providers and there are numerous cloud hosting providers right however not v- very many people that i know of have actually combined or married the two into one cohesive solution so that the end user or the end customer uh, is uh, you know comfortable understanding the benefits of the cloud right. as well as you know having the uh, flexibility of having an actual person on site they can work with uh, having a consultant on site that they can work with um, so you know we we feel like we've successfully kind of combined those two complementary uh, business models into one umbrella, and that's a. Uh, those are both high growth areas, right? In your industry sector, absolutely. And uh, you know, we're uh, we're seeing a a massive, an exponential rise in the adoption of cloud services, especially mm-hmm. in any industry. You know, to be honest with you, most people think of the Silicon Valley where we're based right now, where we're headquartered right now. Um, you know, as kind of the the tech leader, and you know. Tech-savvy people tend to be much more cloud-centric or very happy with the cloud. You know, right, very comfortable Migrating with to the cloud and comfortable. Right. But then there are, you know, law firms and accounting firms and, and um, you know, construction companies that they're not necessarily comfortable or even don't necessarily understand the benefits that the cloud provides them. Right. Um, and so they haven't really explored that option. People have heard the term the cloud. No one really... I, I think it's safe to say of the, of yeah, the people that are running middle market companies listening to the critical mass, most of them have at least absolutely. heard and exposed yeah, to absolutely. the term cloud computing. Right. But they don't necessarily understand what it is, how it will benefit their business. And that's where we come in. You know, Network Remedy really provides the avenue and the education to our clients to direct them to the cloud. Okay. And I think that that's really been the differentiator here. If for there's... Us. Because our our audience are CEOs running two to $100 million companies mm-hmm. across all different spectrums, 
West Coast focus, but on the internet here on octalkradio.net, we're beaming across the world, really around the globe. I'm talking to Iman Prasad, and he is CEO of Network Remedy, and I'd like to thank Glenn Perkins of Renaissance Executive Forums in Silicon Valley for bringing you to our attention. So, yes, thank you, Glenn. Yeah, thank you, Glenn. Hopefully you're listening to us live here on OC Talk Radio. If you were to give that CEO who has uh, who's exploring cloud one or two immediate benefits of switching their infrastructure from on-site premise to a cloud environment. Can you just come up with two quick benefits? To oh, absolutely. That? I okay. mean, I could probably come up with five. Okay. But I think the main, the key things that we like to perpetuate as far as our messaging is concerned is really a business continuity and disaster recovery. Okay. A lot of small businesses or, you know, SMB market kind of businesses, uh, they they set up servers and they set up all their data and their information in their office and on their servers, but uh, they kind of leave business continuity as an afterthought. And you think of it as a little bit like insurance. You don't necessarily, you know, you don't really feel like you need it until you do need it. Right, and you're glad you have it. Exactly. Something something drastic happens. And what we do is we make that uh, business continuity and uh, and, uh, disaster recovery aspect of things uh, bring it down to an affordable level, okay. So that you you get all the enterprise grade features that a, a typical you know IBM or HP or all these other larger firms enjoy. Right. Uh, we, we bring that to a much more affordable uh, level so that the the mass market, the other ninety five percent of businesses in the country, can afford. Right. And uh, and then you know we all of course bring the education, the services along with it to uh, allow the 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 end client who's not necessarily tech savvy to, first of all, understand the benefits and then, you know, migrate their information systems to the cloud okay. with minimal interruption. Great. You know, one of the things that I know that middle market companies always worry about is um, security mm-hmm. and firewalls and protection, and sometimes they think they're protected. A couple of years ago, we did a, a workshop on cybersecurity, and it's frightening, frankly, uh, how exposed they really are. I would think in a cloud infrastructure, they, they have more protection. Absolutely, and that's the false sense of security that a lot of um businesses have seen or they seem to think that you know if i keep it in my office it's much more secure obviously right. but, yeah. but to be honest with you uh you know there's there's so much better security and regulation and compliance that goes into having a cloud infrastructure i mean we are hipaa compliant so mm-hmm. the healthcare industry any healthcare documentation is if it's stored in our cloud platform uh we meet all the compliance regulations for that many clinics that we've been to and you know, many uh kind of medical industries that we've been to they don't even lock their it room door and i'm like what would happen if someone walked away with your with your server tomorrow right. you know cleaning crew someone malicious um and they're like wow i never really thought about that <laughs> so um so yeah we were iso compliant we were pci compliant you know so we have biometric security in all of our data centers so you're when you're walking into the facility, you're escorted to our specific uh, equipment. You know, only authorized per- persons are allowed to go in there. Uh, we have very strict regulations around um, access control, passwords, those kinds of things. And most companies that host things in-house don't necessarily have that. Mm-mm. And then we also have a, you know, a large team of people that can actually bring a wealth of knowledge and technical expertise that your typical, you know, one or two person IT shop at a, at a 50, 60 user company uh, very likely does not have. Right. All right. Well, we're going to take our first commercial break here, and I'm talking with Amon Prasad, and we're, he is CEO of Network Remedy. We're talking about uh, cloud comp- computing and managed services. And so don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to be back to continue this conversation after these words from our sponsors. <laughs> 
Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Are you looking for your successor? Someone as dedicated and experienced in their field as you? Executives Unlimited delivers the top executive talent you need for your company's long-term success. 98% of our clients re-engage us for additional hires, and over 90% of the executives placed by us since 2007 are still in their positions or have been promoted. That's twice the industry's average retention rate. How do we do this? Dedication. Executives Unlimited believe success isn't success until it's long-term. Call us to invest in your long-term success. 562-627-3800 or visit us at executivesunlimited.com. Let our long-term success leverage yours. Award-winning photographer David Moyle has more than 16 years of experience creating unique and riveting photography for his clients. Whether your business is an international corporation or a small business, David Moyle's photography can make you stand out. Visit www.davidmoyle.com or call 714-272-2284. And welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've listened to several thousand episodes during the last 30 days, and we here at the radio show appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have been on our show, and they put the player on their website so you can listen to the show there as well, as well as various other business podcasting services. Iman Prasad is our guest. He is CEO of Network Remedy, and we were talking a lot about cloud computing in the first segment, weren't we? Yes. So I'd like to switch a little bit to the managed service side of your business. Help. A CEO of a middle market company understand what that is that you do. What service do you perform for them? So managed services are really you know IT uh, consulting services in a in a uh, fixed cost type of model in a business model. So we typically charge you know uh, as a, a standard cost per user or per machine. Okay, and we give them unlimited support. We have a network operations center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that actually is, you know, so we have U.S.-based support, and uh, people have a dedicated 800 number, 24 by 7 support. Our first tier of, uh, you know, any kind of problem resolution is done over the phone, mm-hmm. and then if it needs to be escalated to an on-site engineer, uh, one of our technicians is uh, dispatched to the, uh, the client. So you have the capability to go on-site? Absolutely, yeah. And that's, uh-huh. that's our, you know, we, we have the, uh, the consulting piece. Uh, with the managed services as well. So uh, having a managed um, service kind of a business model really allows the end customer, the end client, to have a fixed cost for IT each right. month. Right. You know, if IT tends to be a fluctuating cost depending on when things are working well or when things are not working well. So having it in a managed platform 
gives them the stability and uptime that you really want your IT infrastructure, you know, there for. Mm-hmm. You don't want your business tools to be failing and crashing and, and not functioning. Right. Um, and also gets the... Um, gets the client out of the IT business. If you're a law firm or an accounting firm or a construction company or a casino or whatever, you want to focus on your core business. You don't want to be, uh, you know, uh, kind of distracted with IT issues consistently. Right, but a lot of your core business is either dependent on or resident on your information technology systems. Oh, absolutely. Isn't it, I mean, uh, every company these days needs computers in some fashion. I just saw an article uh, over the weekend about the, the ever-important increasing move of the IT department into the strategic realm of large corporations and I, and I because I work mostly with 2 to 100 million dollar companies I'm thinking that really hasn't for many of my clients hasn't um, made it into their thought process yet mm-hmm. it's really not seen as a strategic differentiator if they're not an, a technology company to begin with correct and that's I think that's one of the other differentiating factors for us is we're not just your help desk type of company you know we provide everything from we do provide help desk services obviously but we also provide all the way up to CIO level budgeting planning mm-hmm. strategic uh, applications you know alignment with different business units those kinds of things if you're a larger corporation with multiple divisions and you know your, your vice president of operations has a specific uh, initiative, that they need IT for, uh, we can provide the CIO level insight and you know the the resources to actually deploy a new ERP solution, for instance, wow. or something. And and so you know it, it really is having an entire IT department without right. having to pay the cost or you know keep the staff uh, in your in your payroll mm-hmm. on your payroll to do that. So. That's an excellent model. Mm-hmm. And Network Remedy is the name of the company, ladies and gentlemen. And Amon Prasad is our guest. And you're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Can you talk to us a little bit about a trend or trends that you're seeing in outsourced IT solutions? What's on the horizon? So, you know, people in the near horizon, I'm going to say, people really care about applications. They don't necessarily care about servers as much right right they don't really care where things are hosted or where they're you know know, what kind of machines they're on or what kind of storage they're on Uh, all they really care about is i want my my autocad to work and you know i want it to work every time no matter where i am if i'm sitting in a starbucks or if i'm sitting at home or in a hotel room or i'm you know around the world in china i just want it to work i want to turn on my computer click on a button get to all my corporate files and you know i want it to work as long as there's internet and uh, that's really what we're what we're pushing to facilitate um, for our clients. Mm-hmm. And the enterprise has enjoyed that for you know probably the last decade or maybe even longer in some way or form. Right. Uh, but the small to medium industry has not. And we're really, uh, and that's really why we've, we kind of built this business model and focused it into that market because the enterprises are you know they have deep pockets. Right. They can go and build these things and and they can. Know, buy the resources that are necessary. The SMB market, not not so much. Yeah, and there's so many so many different screens that people want now to use to access yeah, their absolutely. information. And mm-hmm. from your perspective, be, being responsible for that infrastructure and that reliability and availability, yep. it's. I think you need somebody to help you to do that if you're a oh, small yeah. and middle market company because too many little things can go wrong that you really don't understand, right? Right, and there's so much time wasted. Um, you know, having so-and-so's son who does some poking around on IT to come and fix this thing. And, you know, your, your downtime is, is adding up because right. multiple people are not working. If you have a professional team take care of that for you, 
uh, you're up and running quicker. Your up your uptime is much much higher, significantly higher. And if you uh, you know that's what their managed services thing. Right. And if you move it over to the cloud platform, uh, your uptime I- increases even more because now you have you know a team of experts managing a a secure. Uh, virtualized cloud platform. Yes, and a benefit, an additional benefit of that is that you get the uh, the business continuity and disaster recovery, which typically is an afterthought for on-premise type of equipment. Right. Uh, you, we have that built into our cloud infrastructure. Because you, know, you have to have it. Exactly. Right. It's part yeah. of your business model. Absolutely, so yeah. we as your clients benefit from your investment. Yeah, and we have yeah. multiple data centers that replicate across each other around the country. So if something drastic were to happen here, we always have a failover solution ready love to it go. When you, love it when you talk technical. You know? <laughs> love it when you talk technical. Yeah, oh, man. I'm, I'm not just a pretty face. Right? Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are watching uh, this interview on the YouTube channel, you can see what Amon was just talking about. There you go. And if you're not, you should look for Richard Franzi on YouTube, and there is our Critical Mass radio show series, and you can find this interview. Let's talk about your guiding principle. What's your philosophy as you've built and scaled your firm? I look back at my uh, at my kind of personal experiences, and I, and I really think that my guiding principles were built from uh, you know my parents. Obviously, my mom's <laughs> here as well. She's I call my mom the rock, uh, you know, because she's really just my, the stable force. And my dad, I, I think he's a uh, you know, he, he's been the determination uh, that's kind of built into me. Um, I I did ten years of competitive kickboxing. Really, uh, if you know, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm impressed. Body's taken a beating, but uh, okay. But you know, I, I learned from there that you know, success and victory take perseverance and preparation. Yes. And you know, for me, I think that's really been the guiding principle in business as well as in life. You know, it takes perseverance and it takes preparation. You know, a lot of planning and, and planning ahead and those kinds of things really that i think has been the differentiating factor you, you prepare nine times out of ten you will in the fight you know right you someone may get lucky along the way but right and, and i and i like that you've married that with persistence mm-hmm. because i think it's one of the most important qualities in an entrepreneur is just to keep pushing keep pushing because especially as the economy was tight for many years it would have been easy to throw in the tile because things weren't uh, as easy as they had been in the past. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, you know, it's never easy. There's always competition. There's always right. the the next new thing, especially in technology. Oh. You know, things are changing so quickly. Thank you for saying that. I want not to interrupt <laughs> you, but that that's whenever I'm fascinated. But whenever I have um, information technology professionals on the show, because you know, we we open the show by saying everybody's heard of cloud computing in mm-hmm. one form or the other, and and that's that's I imagine somewhat a challenge too, because people come to you with unfiltered I questions about latest technology thinking i want this yeah, right yeah. and, and how, how do you address that in your managed services business and your cloud computing sort of to help people to maybe not jump off that cliff too early with the technology or i, I think that's really comes down to you know myself and my staff we we, we um i've made it a, a really uh, important point when i hire anyone is to make sure that their communication skills are significantly above and beyond your typical introverted IT tech. Okay. And um, and then helping the client understand the ramifications of whatever new technology they're trying to introduce. You know, I want this new finagle device, and, you know, I just brought this from home. Can you plug it into the network? I need my data. We're like, well, okay, listen, you know, this could potentially expose your your uh, corporate information to unwanted, (laughs) undesirable guests. Let's take a step back. Let's, you know, let us explore this a little bit. But typically with the cloud platform, uh, we've designed a solution that is accessible from, 
you know, a plethora of devices, you know, iPhones, iPads, so everybody's expecting yeah. Right, and that people are expecting that. So we're not going to be, you know, alienating them um, away from that. But there are clients that we have, um, you know, we're very strict, very confidential about our client list, but we do have clients in the defense industry, for instance, that are uh-huh. they're much more tightly regulated or the, in the uh, casino gaming industry. Right. And they're, they're, you know, strictly regulated. So we, we need to make sure that uh, we, we work around their um, you know specific requirements and rule sets, right? Because you mentioned the medical in healthcare industry too, which is very tightly regulated on information, oh, etc. Yeah. Unfortunately, Amon, my uh, engineer has given me the sign that we're going to have to wrap up this interview today. It's gone by so quickly. It does, but I, yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you: How would someone find your firm online? How do they find Network Remedy? NetworkRemedy.com. All the information is there. Our, our phone number is there. Uh, you know, we have an eight hundred number: eight five five Remedy five. And, uh, you know, NetworkRemedy.com, I think that's really the best and quickest way to find the information you need. Well, I want to thank you for making the trip down and being a part of us here in the studio. You're now a friend of the program and a part of the Critical Mass community. You're part of the Renaissance Executive Forums community as well. So I want to thank not only you, but your your fine driver slash mother for bringing (laughs) you in here today. It was nice meeting you, Alice. Thank you very much for being a guest on our show. Thank you very much. It's been an honor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a commercial break. And Doug Grant, who is the founder of the 50-Mile Ride, for Rwanda will be here next talking about that nonprofit that he started after these words from our commercial sponsors. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sound board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Successfully navigating the changing world of public relations and digital marketing requires an experienced, tenacious, yet gracious team. In business for more than 20 years, Orange County-based T&Company delivers big agency results with personalized service. 
For more information, call us at 714-536-8407 or visit us online at tnco.me. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. As promised, Doug Grant, who started the 50-mile ride for Rwanda, is here in the studio. Doug, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's good to have you here. Let's start very simply. Can you tell our audience a little bit about you and sort of your backstory behind the 50-mile ride for Rwanda? Like my day job or... How did you first... Yeah. What do you do and how did you get exposed to this concept? Why are you doing this? We're going to talk about it in more detail, but just set the stage for us. Well, the concept for the ride actually uh, began uh, just with a bunch of buddies. Um, I turned 50 several years ago, and uh, it's typical in the cycling community to do an epic ride on your birthday. So we thought, okay, 50 miles on a mountain bike, which is what my passion is, uh, that's a pretty epic ride. So right. uh, we decided to uh, put a ride together. And then it was uh, shortly after that that I just was inspired to turn it into a fundraiser. Okay. And how did I select uh, Rwanda? Yes. So I had, uh, well, I love coffee, I admit. And so uh, Rwanda, you know, is kind of known in the past for the genocide and the, the tragedy uh, tragedy. Uh, 20 years ago but they've risen above that there's it's just a, an amazing land now of forgiveness reconciliation it's incredible well it's also the land of uh coffee there's a half a million small plot coffee growers in rwanda really? so yeah that got my attention as well okay so i heard about project rwanda where um uh, mountain bike industry uh legend tom ritchie he visited rwanda he was inspired by the people and the story that he heard of their reconciliation so he said you know i can uh, i can help these people i can help them rise above poverty because Typically, a Rwandan coffee grower, they carry a 100-kilo bags of these coffee cherries on their way uh, from their farms to the processing stations. If they can um, have a way to do more trips in a day, faster trips, they can be more productive, maybe rise above poverty. Makes sense. So he created these cargo bikes, uh, actual steel utility bikes uh, with gears. and uh, they were able to uh, ride uh, up and down these hills. Rwanda is called the land of a thousand hills. Right. And uh, so, anyway, they needed uh, a way to be able to improve their productivity during the day. So, found sounds out about... Sounds like a good place for a mountain biker, though. Oh, yeah. I got to visit it um, okay. in 07. Right. We, we did a mountain bike trip uh, there and rode from village to village. And uh, uh, incredible beauty in Rwanda. Terraced hillsides with uh, coffee trees and, and beautiful farms. Beautiful people. Wow. Uh, very welcoming. Well, yeah. thank you. I'm learning so much in the first segment of the show about, I, frankly, I, I did. I had the imprint, the wrong imprint of yeah, Rwanda. Yeah. Frankly, it's, based on that was what was newsworthy at the time, right? Correct. It's far different than that today. It's one of the safest places to visit in Africa right now. Okay. So. Wow. Look at you. You are just, you, you <laughs> just, Doug Grant is just full of information. He's, we're here to talk about his 50 mile ride for Rwanda. So tell me about the, the organization or the, the process of the 50 mile ride for Rwanda. Okay. What, 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 what are we experiencing here? So it's, it started out that first year as this birthday ride and, uh, then it kind of took on a life of its own. And, uh, so, uh, we now are going to be hosting our ninth annual ride. The organization is really just a bunch of buddies, uh, it's just a group of volunteers that kind of caught the vision, uh, feel like, you know, they're taking something that they love to do anyway, which is mountain biking, mountain biking. and turning it into something that can uh, do some good for some people. Okay. So we uh, have very few meetings uh, to put on this event. Uh, we have maybe six meetings. They start in November when we kind of kick off the, the uh, promotion for the event. We kind of got a 
organized list of duties and who does what. Where do you uh, ride? Okay, so uh, the event starts at Oakley in Foothill Ranch. Sure. They're a major sponsor. Uh, we're grateful to have them on board. They're great friends. And it kind of fits with their brand as well, right. that kind of adventure. We actually have a 50-mile event. We have a 25, and we have a 10-mile event. All okay. three st- uh, start at Oakley. So we go through three Orange County parks with our event. Uh, in order to get the 50 miles in. So we go through Whiting, we go through O'Neill, we go through Casper's, Mm -hmm. and then back to Whiting, uh, or back through O'Neill, excuse me, and uh, back to to Oakley. Okay. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the event because it's coming up. It is coming up. Those of you that are listening to us live here on octalkradio.net, you're in luck because you might be able to register. I want to get into that. I hope they do. (laughs) Yeah, I'll get into that in a little bit. I'd like to switch gears with you for a Mm -hmm. little bit here. Um, Let's talk about you as an entrepreneur. Okay. And a question that we ask uh, pretty regularly is your guiding principle, Doug, a philosophy for how you approach your business practice. Can you share that with our audience, please? Yeah, you know, um, we're talking a little bit about Africa, and there's a there's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I know you're a fan of peer groups, and uh, so am I. So I think if there's okay. a guiding principle, it's that I'm not smart enough to know everything on my own. I need I need buddies for accountability. I need buddies for uh, their wisdom, best practices, et cetera. So I'm actually a member of a couple of peer groups, and one of them is industry specific to right. to my printing and graphics industry and we meet three times a year and and uh, again we share best practices and learn from each other and and uh, have you know guest presenters that uh, teach us uh, new technology and trends I'm also a member of a Christian CEO group called Convene, sure. and uh, we meet monthly, and it's very similar to like Tech or what's I think now called Vistage. Right. So um, again, the thing I like about that one, well, there are two reasons I like it. It's uh, we're able to share in like a forum setting about real life business issues that we're all struggling with, and I get a, a perspective from outside the industry. Isn't that so, healthy? So, yeah, it is because sometimes you know we drink the Kool Aid of our own industry, and right. you know, uh, so it's good to have an outside perspective. That's great. Um, it's also, I, I like the fact that it's helping me integrate like Christian principles into my daily business, which mm-hmm. is uh, personally very helpful for me. Good. Well, thank you for sharing that. I sure. appreciate it. We're talking with Doug Grant. He's many things. One of the things is he's president of West America Communications. You kind of mentioned that. So yeah. why don't you open the door? We have a few minutes for our next commercial break. Set the stage. What services do they offer? Why do clients do business with you? Well, because they love us. Okay. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) So West America Communications was actually formed last year, although I've been in the business for 38 years. So I owned West America Graphics, a uh, printing and general commercial uh, marketing firm in uh, Orange County. I uh, merged last year with a college buddy of mine, uh, Bill Burnt, with PSB Financial. So we both, uh, I mean, let's face it, our industry has changed in the last several years. The printing industry? Oh, you think? Like, yes. Yeah. Quite a lot. Yeah, it has. And so as we're trying to adapt and grow and and uh, become relevant still and stay relevant and valuable, we decided, you know, we'd be better together. Uh, so we went to college 30-some years ago and decided, let's, let's give it the old college try again. So uh, we merged and today uh, we're honestly uh, we call ourselves the new spirit of communications it's like it's fun uh, to talk about business again and to be able to offer things that are truly valuable to to our clients and like what well so yeah we do print and mail that's the core but outside of that and and the value that we add we have design full design creative even marketing strategy uh, we offer a dimensional, uh, three-dimensional, like structural design and engineering for uh, packaging. We're starting to offer video. We do online storefronts, uh, which are uh, marketing collateral portals um, for our clients to be able to manage their uh, marketing collateral. 
Oh, goodness. So um, it sounds like a technology has really infused itself into it the industry a lot. It has. Yeah. yeah. And you're vertically integrated to some degree, it sounds like, with design and yeah. the other features that you're offering. Yeah. It's, is that what clients are... It must be what clients are asking for in your well, space then. Some clients uh, utilize our full suite of services. Okay. Others, you know, kind of a la carte, just pick what's relevant and important for them. Uh-huh. Um, so, it's, it's again, it's kind of fun to be able to insert ourselves uh, wherever it's needed uh, to the degree that it's needed. Right. So, is it a challenge? Has it been a challenge to find the right path forward strategically for your business? Yeah, and I don't know. I read a lot of business books, but I don't. I can't tell you what we're going to look like ten years from now, even five years from now. I really okay. can't. So important to us is to just have a big funnel, a big pipeline okay. um, that we just are dropping stuff into and seeing what kind of sticks. That's how we added video just this last year. What type uh, of video? Full, like corporate video. So uh, promotional video, informational, instructional video, uh, okay. annual report video. You know, it's it's big now, uh, uh, clearly. It's uh-huh. uh, very important in a marketing mix to include uh, video, especially with social media, especially with mobile devices, which are becoming more important uh, for uh, communication tools. I'm talking with Doug Grant, and we're, we're talking both about the 50-mile ride for Rwanda, and we're also talking about his communications firm, West America Communications. Did you discover video and say, I think my clients would want that? Or were your clients saying, hey, Doug, can you guys do a video? For-? I mean, how did that happen? Well, a little bit of both. Um, so on the uh, the company we merged with, PSP, they had been doing um, some uh, video in the past. So we had experience with it. But we knew that we wanted to take it up a notch. We, you know, When people think of West America Communications, um, we have a certain, there's a certain brand, there's a certain value that they know that they're going to receive. And we're not the least expensive, uh, but we provide the most value for the dollar that they invest. Okay. So we wanted, uh, when we knew that we wanted to expand video again, because we, we saw that that's the direction the market was going in addition to, to the print. So when we added video, we wanted to do it the West America way. We wanted to make sure that we offered something that was uh, of greater value. Okay. So how do we do that? Well, anybody with a GoPro you know, uh, and a tripod can call themselves a videographer. So right. we thought, okay, uh, we want to, it's the art of the story. That's the differentiator for us. We also feel like um, there, we have a little tagline that I don't know, uh, we're going to say that we invented it. Uh, shoot once, create many. Hmm. So uh, we want to go in, we want to have a strategy. We want to talk to the client about what what are they trying to achieve with this video uh, can we integrate it um, to the rest of their brand their messaging their campaign and then we come in and we shoot but we strategically plan that shootout so that we can then capture a bunch of other um, film clip that right. we can perhaps use later throughout the year and it's a little more economical way uh, to uh, to put a you know a video strategy together yeah that's a lot more economical right because you can mix and match b-roll and other <laughs> there things you go. and you end up i didn't with... even know what b i didn't even know how to spell b-roll <laughs> A year ago, but <laughs> no, look at no, you. No, yeah, look at me now. Yeah, now no, you're a videographer. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you for being honest, Doug Grant. Sure. Uh, we're going to take our next commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show, and then when we come back. We're going to talk about this event that's coming up. If you're listening to us live or as a podcast, and it's not quite the end of April, you're in luck. Stay tuned. Even if you haven't, if you're listening to us as a podcast after April of 2015, stay tuned anyway because you'll learn about the 50 mile ride for Rwanda after these words from our our sponsors. Let's face it, not all company challenges are the same, which is why strategic market intelligence can help identify the actionable information you need to be more competitive. 
Gain a better understanding of your brand, competition, best prospects, or new product opportunities to generate greater revenues in 2015. Call 949-357-9547 or visit www.strategicmarketintelligence.com. Are you ready to tap into the power of social media to promote your business? It's easy to get social with Turn Up the Volume, the award-winning social media marketing professionals who know how to get results. Drive web traffic, boost sales, get social today. Visit www.turnupthevolume.com. That's turnupthevolume.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Doug Grant is our guest. He's many things. He's an entrepreneur and president of West America Communications. He's also started the 50-mile ride for Rwanda, and we're going to be talking more about that in just a second. But first, I wanted to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download the show as a podcast. You've listened to over several thousand episodes during the last 30 days. We here at the radio show appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, Several hundred former guest websites who their CEOs have been on our show and the companies place their interview on their website somewhere, maybe on their homepage, as well as various other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, Doug. So, as I said before the break, this year's ride is coming up. Yes, it is. Uh, Saturday, April 25th. Okay. And how many people generally do the ride? Well, we've uh, grown every year uh, that we've uh, initiated this event. And so uh, last year we had 936 riders. We're really hoping to get over 1,000 riders this year. So that's split between about half do the 50-mile ride, about okay. 40% do the 25-mile option, and, you know, 100 or so do the 10-mile uh, option. And are they all mountain bike then? Because yes, of the it's trails? all mountain bike. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's a mountain bike event. Okay. So, and yeah. do you have to be, like, a really avid a- a mountain biker to be able to perform this? No, you just have to learn uh, know how to have fun, basically. Okay. It's a fun ride. It's not a race. And I think that's what is the appeal of our event to uh, many of our participants. There's, there's a lot of hard core people i mean to ride 50 miles on a mountain bike yeah you there's a that's a special breed um so not everybody does the 50 a lot of the people that do the 50 are also racing but uh not at our event it's okay. uh, it's just a ride so the people that do the 10 and the 25 they're you're more your weekend you know riders mm-hmm. um the 10 mile especially would be maybe novice to to beginning riders we added that to help grow our numbers and to sure. bro- broaden the appeal to a number of uh different cycling folks and are they raising money what 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 yeah. uh, it's obviously raising awareness we're here talking about it yeah we are um we're we're blessed to be raising uh, quite a bit of money in fact um 
you know, go, going back to the first event in 2006, uh, our goal was to attract 50 riders and raise enough money to buy 50 of these cargo bikes, and that was a $7,500 goal. We ended up with 238 riders, and we raised $28,000. And so we thought, okay, we, there's something happening here. Wow. And, uh, and that must it, have like, made you feel pretty it, good. It felt pretty good, yeah, and, uh, for everybody that was involved, right. not, not just me. So since then, like I said, it's grown every year. So over the course of the first eight years, we've raised $550,000 for our nonprofits. Gee whiz. Yeah. Our goal this year is to raise another 150. So it's a it's a it's a big goal, but uh, we're right. praying that we reach it. And how much does a bike cost? 134 dollars. Okay. So uh, that's a that's the cost of a bike landed into uh, into Africa. Last year, our event uh, we we split. We're going to talk about the my nonprofits that we uh, support. Yes. yes. Okay. So our, our event. Uh, raises funds for two nonprofits. One of them is called Team Africa Rising, and uh, that is uh, a organization, a nonprofit that started out as uh, Team Rwanda Cycling. It was the national cycling team for Rwanda, and uh, they have since expanded to uh, incorporate uh, training athletes in uh, Ethiopia and Eritrea. So they broadened their their reach, and mm-hmm. now they're called Team Africa Rising. Okay, uh, it's teamafricarising.org if people want more information, and uh, they're hope and goal is to have a all african cycling team in the tour de france one day mm. i can also tell you that they originally thought that they were there to train athletes to, be, to compete internationally but they've since found out that the biggest contribution they make to the the country and to the athletes themselves is in educating them giving them sustainable life skills uh, beyond just the bike wow uh, so that's a big part of uh, that organization it's a big part of my heart so when we provide bikes i can tell you the second um fundraising nonprofit or the nonprofit that we raise funds for it's called world bicycle relief that's worldbicyclerelief.org. So uh, they provide uh, utility bikes to uh, caregivers, to students, uh, to entrepreneurs, uh, primarily in Africa. Um, they're, uh, they've been in existence for about six years. There's 200,000 bikes that they've provided in Africa alone. It's, wow. Yeah, it's well-funded. It's, big. it's a big organization. They've got 800 trained mechanics in Africa alone. Half of our proceeds each year go to World Bicycle Relief. It funds a, car, a container load of 220 utility bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years ago, uh, these bikes went to students in Ramagana, Rwanda, which is uh, hometown of Adrian Nianshuti. Now, Adrian, he was the first Rwandan mountain bike athlete to compete in uh, the Olympics. He competed in 2000 12 in the london olympics so i I got to meet him when i was there in rwanda Uh it was like uh, he's like a rock star in the country and so uh he wanted to give back to his hometown so uh we helped him to do that with uh, providing these bikes they went to students in uh, ramagana to allow them to get to school uh otherwise they wouldn't be able to get to school the average you know uh, child in Rwanda might have to travel ten to twenty kilometers. I was going to ask you, what's the commute to yeah. find a, to get to a? Their, their commute is on foot typically, and it's right. ten to twenty kilometers. So, choice between going to school versus staying at home to work on the family farm. You know, sometimes they don't have a choice. Well, with the bike, they can get to and from and, and be able to to do both in a day. So it's really making a major impact in their lives. A that. sustainable impact. Yeah. You know, one of the philosophies of World Bicycle Relief and Team Africa Rising is uh, a hand up, not a hand out. Okay. Uh, 
these these bikes are you know given to people to allow them to have an opportunity they otherwise wouldn't have mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not necessarily a gift there's an expectation that they're going to give back to their community as well so how did you find these two specific organizations to benefit from your ride world bicycle relief i found uh, just through some uh, research and some friends uh, networking. We started out supporting Project Rwanda when, when uh, in the first two years of the event. They were not able to support. There's 2,500 of their cargo bikes in Rwanda today, but, you know, in Rwanda, there's no there's no like uh, bike shops there's no you know getting tubes and and brake pads and all it just was a problem to be able to support those cargo bikes so the project rwanda bikes were they weren't it wasn't a sustainable enterprise so when we found that out we decided um and i learned about world bicycle relief again just through the research that i'd done and we made some connections with them and they were eager to get involved in our event and it's been a good partnership since Uh, team africa rising was um, kind of birthed out of Project Rwanda in the early days as well. Okay. So um, in addition to the cargo bikes, uh, Tom Ritchie and Jock Boyer, uh, who is the coach of Team Rwanda, uh, got together and, and uh, they were inspired to create a national cycling team. They saw these athletes in Rwanda and said, you know, let's let's help them compete right. uh, on the national sta- or na- international stage. And, and you say one of their goals is to have an all-African team compete? Yes. Yeah, in the Tour de France. Tour de France. So yeah. that's not happened. There is a team that's going to compete this year, and uh, they are from Africa, but it isn't an all-black African team, and that's what they would like to be able to provide okay. uh, it, and, uh, from the world stage. Um, it's an inspiring story. Even Team Rwanda today is an inspiring story. They get, they do compete in international events, but you know the Tour de France is like, you know, it's another level. Exactly. Yeah, so it might be a few years out before they're able to... Uh, to achieve this goal, but um, it's what drives him forward. Wow. So we're talking with Doug Grant. He is, and we're talking about his sponsored ride, the 50-mile ride for Rwanda, and we were just kind of detailing, he was detailing for us the two major charities that the proceeds from the ride support. You know, take me back to the first time. Why did it scale so quickly? Is it because you have relationships in the mountain biking industry? I mean, looking back on it, why was that first one so successful? Total grassroots. It's grown through word of mouth. It's grown through. There's a a, um, kindred spirit in the mountain bike community. Um, It's a small world, let's say. Uh, People talk with each other. Local bike shops have been tremendous supporters, um, both in terms of um, sponsoring um, prizes. I got a I got to talk to you about our prize raffle at the event. Okay. Um, so the local bike shops help to uh, promote it through, you know, flyers, talking to their uh, patrons, local clubs. There's a lot of bike clubs um, and getting them to talk about it. I mean, we literally, we would print these little, I know a good printer, so we printed up these <laughs> <laughs> these business cards, and uh, business card size little things that, that riders would hand out to other riders uh, the couple months prior to the event when they see them on the trails. So really kind of word of mouth. And I think, you know, it's, Participants are inspired as well. They're going to ride anyway. Why not ride for a good cause? Right. So the way we raise funds, the, all the registration fees go to um, support our nonprofits. So uh, we do charge sixty dollars uh, to participate in the event, forty dollars for the ten mile event, but mm-hmm. sixty for the twenty five and fifty. So the, uh, a portion of you know, I mean that that portion goes to the fundraising. We also have sponsors that donate uh, to the event, generous, and that, that could be corporate, could be individuals, uh, and then. We sell raffle tickets for this uh, amazing, I think we're 
legendary for our prize raffle. We have over really? $30,000 in uh, prizes that we raffle off at the end of each event. Okay. And uh, Things like? Things like, uh, well, I've got a guy dropping off a 55-inch uh, TV today and a set of Beats headphones. Um, I've got a mountain bike trip. Uh, it's called San Juan Trail, um, hut-to-hut trip, uh, Durango to Moab. That's like an $895 value. Uh, grand prize is going to be a $6,000 mountain bike that the oh, winner goodness. can select the frame size and style and model of their choice from Santa Cruz Bikes. They're a major sponsor. Shimano is a major sponsor. I don't want to start listing people off because I'm right. sure I'm going to miss, right. miss right. Uh, I'm sure this is the information available somewhere like on, on our, our website. website. There you what go. Would, what would that be though? Okay. Uh, the, the short website is 50mr.com 50mr.com okay. You can also go to 50mileride.com it'll take you to the same place. Okay. So event details uh, more background on the, the uh, nonprofits that we support. So we need 200 volunteers to pull wow. this event off on, on event day. So uh, if you don't cycle uh but you know one someone that does uh and you want to help out that day please uh, go to our website and click on the volunteer tab and, and there's a selection of a number of different options for you to to pick uh to uh well i hope volunteer. some people will do that that are listening so to us live here on octalkradio.net and if somebody would like to learn more about your business west america communications how do they find that enterprise MyWestAmerica.com. MyWestAmerica.com is our website and uh, pretty comprehens- uh, comprehensive website. We do websites, so ours better look pretty good. I think they'll be impressed if they uh, go to visit it and they can learn more about our services. Well, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, learning about your philanthropic enterprises as well as your entrepreneurial spirit. So thanks for being a friend of our program and a part of our community now, Doug Grant. It's been a pleasure uh, talking with you today, Rick. Thank you very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up. I hope that you've enjoyed today's show and maybe in some part we've helped to improve your decision-making skills. I obviously want to thank our advertisers, Center Club, Community Bank, Decision Toolbox, Executives Unlimited, MBN Design, SH Rubber, Strategic Market Intelligence, SunUp Group, Teen Company, Tone Software, Turn Up the Volume, and UPS Protection. Until our next show, uh, this is your host, Rick Franzi, saying I hope that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. Focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 